Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. I am currently taking a break right now, but I did a lot of pre-recorded sessions with a bunch of people in different aspects of my life that I'm releasing now while I take care of my husband, who is recovering from cataract surgery. And I just didn't want there to be a huge gap in between, like, when I would take other breaks. So I'm just trying to get ahead of the curve. So my first guest is going to be my husband. And he has been, like I've said in many episodes, the, such a huge support for me and has helped in more ways than I think he even knows. But I've talked about in the past that... I think that my life and my past affects him in a very unique way. And I think when we talk about sex trafficking awareness, that we kind of have to focus on that as well, because our families, they did not ask to have this kind of chaos and craziness in their life, and there is zero resources for them. I've mentioned before about Al-Anon for families of alcoholics and addicts, and I just feel like there should be more support for our families. And as with everything else, I think the best way to raise awareness is to talk about it. So that's why I asked my husband to join me on an episode so we can just kind of talk about how our lives, more importantly, his life, is affected by my past and the things that I go through on a daily basis. So I would like everyone to give a very warm, loving welcome to my amazingly awesome husband, Mitch. How are you doing today, babe? All right. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was when we first met, you were deployed to Afghanistan. And that's kind of when I first started telling you about my story, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So with all of our talks, I talked a lot about my father and my mother and the different things. At any point during that conversation, did you ever think that I had been sex trafficked? Um, I didn't really think about it, at least not quite to that extent. Um, I don't know if I even necessarily understood exactly what sex trafficking was in you know the whole general sense of it um but um i mean i know you had a past and things that had happened to you i just didn't necessarily know the extent of it or that there was even necessarily like a specific title for it i know it's probably hard for you to remember the hundreds of emails that we shared, but there was one that I wrote to you when I went back in and looked at our emails. It was in October, I believe, of 2011. And I had made a statement to you that while my parents were abusive towards me, that they also allowed their friends to be. Do you have ever, do you remember that? I do actually, yeah. Um, I remember it being very early on when we first started talking. you mentioned stuff that your dad had done to you and then also said that he used to let his friends come over as well. Um, I remember that part of it uh, um, 
pretty, you know, pretty well. So do you think um, it's safe to say that we were unknowingly at that point having a conversation about the sex trafficking without even knowing that it was sex trafficking? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think we got too in-depth into it then. Um, that was more, I think, later on once I got home. But, I mean, that's I'd say that's definitely when the topic first got broached. And knowing now that it wasn't just domestic violence, that it was sex trafficking, and it's this big, intricate ring that still is very much affecting our daily lives, does that change your opinion in any way about how you viewed me and my past when we first started talking? Um... You know, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I didn't expect it to be something that would have as much of an effect over time as it, um, as it has. I think looking back even a couple years into the relationship, you know, when we're married and already have, you know, a son that I still didn't realize that it was going to have as much of an impact as it has um, over the last few years, um, it was quite a while before I really started wrapping my head around some of those things. Um, but yeah, no, I, <clears throat> I definitely, it definitely wasn't something that I really realized was going to be something I was going to have to deal with, you know, potentially for the rest of my life. <laughs> no judgment. Do you think if you had known, you would have made a different choice in entering into an intimate relationship? I'm talking when we were talking in the letters and everything before we got married. You know, I don't know. I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> I didn't notice. I, I, I pick a course and you just kind of stick with it. So <laughs> I, I, I can't say for sure either way. <laughs> So my listeners, they know everything pretty much about what happens in our daily lives. They even know about the fight that we had just last weekend, I think it was. Um, so they know about the lawsuits and everything like that. How much do the things that the ring is doing and the things that my parents are doing to basically disrupt our lives like how much does that affect you not just worrying about me and our son and our daughters but just how much does it affect you personally um you know i i don't know uh me personally um i think most of those are like just a whole family effect i don't I don't think there's really any effects that's, you know, just on me, you know, from all of that. I just, it's all kind of all of us lumped together. Do you think <laughs> that if there were more resources for you that you could go to by yourself separate from me, that that would benefit you even if it was just in the way that it would help you know how to support me better. 
Well, I think anything like that, you know, can definitely benefit anybody if, uh, you know, they know what they want to get out of it and, you know, use it, you know, know exactly what they're going to get from it, you know. Um, it's it's like anything else. It's all depend. It's all dependent on how you use it, you know, whether you get the most out of it or not. Do you feel like you struggle with how to support me in knowing what to do? Um, I mean, you know about the flashbacks and my anxiety, my panic attacks, and the current new thing with the really bad nightmares that I'm having. Like, do you feel like you have enough tools where you can research and find the best ways to help me get through that? Um, you know, I'm sure they're out there. I haven't really, I got to be honest, I haven't really looked as much as I probably should have. Um, I think my biggest problem with it is, is there's times when you're in a bad mood and I don't know that you're just in a bad mood. And then there's times when it's something else and I think you're just in a bad mood and it's really other stuff that you've got going on like you've been having flashbacks, you've been having nightmares or there's different things going on that have been affecting you that either I know about and they're in the back of my head and I don't necessarily think about them or how they're affecting you or that this is, you know, stemming from that and not just, okay, you're in a mood and or... You know, stuff that, you know, sometimes you don't always tell me, you know, when you are having nightmares until after it's been going on for a little while or just as an example or something else like that. And I don't always know how to react to things because I don't always know what the root cause behind it is. And so it makes it that in itself makes it harder to be supportive and to be honest, there are times, you know, when I'm kind of lost in my own stuff and, you know, my own world, my own feelings and things that I'm dealing with that I just don't necessarily think about things that are affecting you. And, you know, sometimes I'm selfish that way. I just worried more about how my life is, is being, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that you got to try to find a balance between everything. Well, first I want to say don't ever feel selfish because you're worried about your life and not what's happening in mine. I mean, in a healthy relationship, we kind of have to worry about ourselves as we worry about our spouses. I think it's important that you have to be your best self because if you're not, then you can't be any help to me and vice versa. But you spoke about how sometimes you don't know if I'm in just a bad mood or if it's something that is from flashbacks and nightmares. Can you think about maybe a specific time where you later found out that it was the flashbacks and nightmares? Can you think of maybe something like a sign that you may have missed the first time? And like looking back, you're like, okay, well, she did dot, 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 or this and that. And if I had just noticed that, I would have known that it was deeper than... Ohio State and the referees were being jerk offs. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, most of the examples I can think of, 
I mean, it's it's stuff I knew, and it was in the back of my head. Um, and it's just, it's after, you know, we get into a fight over something stupid, and, you know, have been fighting for an hour or two, and I realize that, you know, there's something more behind all of this, and it's, I, I, I gotta get to a certain point before I realize that, you know, so that I can just let go of, you know, my petty issues and just put them aside. And, you know, usually at that point, that's when I can be there for you. And, you know, the fight winds down and we actually start apologizing to each other and, you know, getting to where we're actually having a constructive conversation. And again, no judgment. Do you think that you are put too much on the back burner because of my PTSD with the flashbacks and even just what I'm sure other people, maybe even you think is unrealistic fear. Kind of like when you said to me the other day, are we just going to have to move every time you get scared? Like, do you feel like in our relationship that you're put too much on the back burner because of what's happening with the ring, what's happening with my PTSD and different things like that? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes that feeling's there. Um, I don't know how much of it that I like truly feel and how much of it is just me being, you know, hey, I, I just I want some some of the stuff for myself and I feel like I'm not getting it, you know, just like I said, me going to that selfish place every so often, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure there is some of that to a certain extent. And then I think there's probably some of that to where, you know, I just need to put some of my stuff aside and, you know, so we can get to being, you know, constructive with each other instead of destructive. So, do you feel like the things that I do, because sometimes I get reactive abuse, and it's aimed towards you, but it's actually you triggered something from the past that's causing it. Like, how does that affect your mental health and your daily life? Having to, like, are you able to take a step back even if it's like an hour or two later and be like she wasn't yelling at me she was just yelling in my direction um you know i don't know if i've ever really taken a step back and said that to be honest <laughs> i just uh, i yell a lot so it's okay there's there's definitely things that you know it gets tiring trying to you know watch out for certain triggers, especially since some of those triggers weren't triggers a few years ago. Yeah. You know, every couple of years, I kind of got to reassess things, you know. But you got to admit, I didn't know they were triggers a couple years ago either. I, well, yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's like things, you know, certain words that I have to watch out for that I can't say, that I say in my daily life every day and have for most of my life. Um, that, you know, it, it's hard to, 
remember which words you can't say because <laughs> they change every other day. It's a well, on my mood. It's just, it, you know, like I said, it's it's trying to get used to things uh, and trying to adapt to things that are, you know, ever-changing. And it's not always consistent. And sometimes maybe it's more consistent than I realize and I just wasn't paying attention. And it's... There's a lot of work to be put in. A lot of work to involved um, mentally. And it uh, it takes its toll, you know. So it's sometimes it feels like it's hard to relax because of it. And, you know... Um, but, um, oh yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been the source of a lot of fights that probably shouldn't have been fights in the first place. Um, are you accusing me of fighting you for no reason? <laughs> I wasn't trying to place blame. I mean, I'm sure I, I'm, I'm honestly sure that it probably goes both ways. Um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of things though to watch out for. And like I said, they, they're not always necessarily the same things on a, you know, day-to-day basis. Now, like I mentioned in the introduction when I mentioned Al-Anon, do you feel like if there was a support group with other family members of survivors where you guys could kind of just... And I mean it in the nicest way, just shit talk about us and all this stuff about how much we make your lives suck, that that would be beneficial, like just to have that outlet where you could just complain to somebody because you need to complain, which you have every right to. You didn't ask to marry a sex trafficking survivor and you certainly didn't ask for my panic attacks or my PTSD or anything like that, so... Like, do you think if you had an outlet that it would make it easier when, you know, we're kind of trying to navigate through it? I mean, you know, I think everybody needs to have that outlet where they can just vent. Because if you're not, if you don't have that outlet, you're going to make that outlet one way or another. And it just might be that one day you're randomly talking the ear off at the cashier at the grocery store who you know is just trying to sit there and how many how many cashiers (laughs) have you complained about me to (laughs) i haven't but (laughs) it it just paints a picture this you know person this poor you know high school kid that's scanning groceries and all of a sudden they just opened up a can of worms that they honestly weren't prepared for when they woke up that morning (laughs) I'm talking to the people at the grocery <laughs> store. I'm going to find out. It's uh, it's the girl at Starbucks. She's got a crush on you. Uh, what girl at Starbucks? <laughs> the tall one with the brown hair. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so do you think that if you had more support for you, like your own therapist, your own support group, and a place that the main focus was on how to help you feel better, that that would be beneficial? Um, I mean, yes. I don't know if that's necessarily the format that I personally would like. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm 
so much the sit around in a circle support group kind of guy. I think I'm more of a, you know, let's a few of us sit down at the bar and have a couple drinks and, you know, unload, you know, unload the baggage that we've got from the last week or two, you know. Um, you know, we men like... They, they, they like to talk when they're doing stuff like shooting pool, having a couple drinks, uh, you know, doing stuff, you know, not, they don't usually like sit around and just talk. It's, I don't know. I think most men feel uncomfortable and weird that way. I don't know. Your son sure sits around and talks to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I meant men in groups. You know? yeah. When men in groups get together, you know, there's a, a certain amount of testosterone that has to be respected <laughs> or everybody feels awkward. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Do you feel like you're com- like, do you feel comfortable enough that you could come to me personally, not while I'm in the thick of it, but just like... On a random day when I'm in a good mood and just be like, you know, babe, no offense, but you suck when you have your flashbacks. It sucks. It really affects my life. And ever feel like you could sit down and have a constructive conversation on how we can have a better system put into place. So if I'm really into it, you can support me while not feeling so trapped and feeling like you're selfish, which you're absolutely 100% not, for thinking like, hey, I don't want to deal with you right now. You're crazy. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm being honest. Um, I think a lot of times when, when you are in that good place and not in the thick of it, I'm just so focused on let's not screw this up and and put you in a bad mood to where you are in that place, you know, let's, let's keep things the way they are and enjoy them while they're, while we have this opportunity, you know, because we don't always get that opportunity, you know, True. both our moods have to match up together and then our time together has to match up together. I mean, I, I work and, um, you know, we got a lot of stuff to do around here. We've, got a child to take care of, you know, and trying to find time together, you know, our time to be together matching up just right and our moods matching up just right. That's, that's kind of a a precarious balance, you know? Yeah. But do you feel like if you could, you would? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of stubborn. I never (laughs) noticed. (laughs) I'm just, I, I don't like making waves, you know, I, when things are sitting the way they are, I I like to let them be until they need, until they're not that way. You know, I'm a, if it's not broken, don't fix it kind of guy. Like (laughs) if the duct tape's holding it up, let it hold it up until it falls. (laughs) Well, I'm not broken. I'm unbroken. That's why I named the podcast that. I didn't say you were broken, but, uh our time together and our moods matching matching up that's something that from time to time is broken and when it's not even if it's just held up there by duct tape i'm i'm the type to say just let that last as long as it's going to and we'll figure it out when that duct tape gives out now i've talked about in another episode that 
there's a lot of instability in our lives. We've lived in multiple states over the years. We've had to move this year alone three times, and we're about to have to move again. And I've come to find stability in the instability of our lives. How well do you handle the instability? Well, I definitely don't find stability in instability. Instability is instability. Are you saying I'm crazy? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm saying I. you definitely found a unique way to cope with it. It's, uh, n- that's not uh, a level of enlightenment that I've reached at this point in time. <laughs> get there faster <laughs> I don't, and i don't know if i ever will i've always been wanting to work towards you know let's i want to find the place that we're going to be the rest of our lives and i don't want to move i just want to stay there <laughs> okay but let's be honest how much is it that you're the only one that does the packing and the moving how much part does that play um a lot <laughs> He is amazing, guys. Every time we move, he packs everything and moves everything. And a lot of times we don't even get a moving truck. We just use our pickup. But that's because of my disability and I can't lift. And I also have the dog, the cats, the turtles, and the child that I need to take care of. So Um, how do you think me being a sex trafficking victim survivor has affected your life? Like what had, like what changed in your life when you got married to a survivor? Um, well, initially when we got married, I think the main changes were just the normal changes that people go through when they get married, you know? Um, we weren't really so much living together when uh, we got married. So, um, and I had never lived with somebody that, you know, I wasn't really related to uh, outside of, you know, staying in, you know, the barracks in the army. So that was an adjustment. But I mean, that's, you know, that's the normal adjustment everybody goes through. A lot of the stuff, it came later um, and over time. And uh, for the most part, uh, it wasn't like a whole bunch of stuff bombarding me at once, at least, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Sometimes it felt that way. But when you look at all the things that uh, have changed over time and things that have been added on just for, you know, because of your past, um, when I am getting bombarded with what seems like a ton of stuff it's really not that much compared to everything else do you ever feel hopeless like it's never gonna end you're never gonna be able to make me happy you're never gonna be able to chase my monsters away and that we're just gonna be stuck in this cycle of well, they're back, and now I'm terrified, and I'm in fight or flight, and I want to move, but you don't think that, you know, it's necessary. Yes to all. I forget what the question was. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You got an answer. (laughs) Oh, I asked if you felt hopeless. 
Yes. How much does that affect your life and your per- your moods? Do you think it makes you depressed, anxious? Like, do you feel like maybe not that you developed like mental disorders, but do you feel more anxious or depressed because of the things that are affecting me or affecting us as a family? Yes. Why are you giving me that look? I didn't know I was giving you a look. Guys, he's giving me a look. (laughs) So we're getting kind of close to ending, and I wanted to ask this question, and it's a really important answer. What advice would you give to the spouse or a parent or another family member of a sex trafficking survivor or a sex trafficking victim to kind of help change and navigate the family dynamic so it's not only just a safe place for the victim survivor but also a safe place for all everyone in the family um um i mean what do you mean by safe place like just like We've kind of, you you know, like you said, like we've kind of figured out we've grown together as a couple on how to support me as a survivor while also supporting you as you. So what what kind of advice would you give to another family member who's struggling because they don't know how to deal with their spouse that is a survivor or their daughter or their mother just any kind of advice that you could give to a family member. Um, I guess try to find some kind of outlet um, for you to do you. That way when it does come time to where you just need to put your petty crap aside, that it's just it's easier because you don't feel like you're giving up so much of yourself to do that because a lot of times it's it's going to be an ego thing or it's it's going to be um, just that feeling of, you know, I am giving everything of myself up and not taking anything from me. So have, have that outlet, something that you do just to do you, and that way you have uh, the capacity to just, you know, drop the ego and, and, and put your stuff aside and just be there for uh, your significant other when they do need it. Because, um, you know, they're they're going to have needs that, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to say outweigh, but they're, they're going to have needs that are a lot bigger than yours. Um, and you're really going to have to have that capacity you know, to, to try to meet them. So you got to do something to, to be able to keep up with that. And what do you think is from your perspective, the thing you do that helps me the most feel like I'm safe and I don't need to run? I honestly have no clue. (laughs) Maybe it's buying turtles. Uh, (laughs) I've yet to teach them how to guard the door, but... The cat's pretty good, though. um, (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I don't honestly. I don't know. That's that's more of a you question, I guess, than a me question. Well, I was just asking from your personal perspective. I, I, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know an answer. So you just kind of wing it and hope for the best. I guess. Do you feel like a failure when I can't control my panic attacks or my nightmares? I don't know if that even enters into it. Um, I'm not worry at that point i'm not worried about failure or success i'm just trying to make it through and well trying hoping that both of us make it through i guess um trying to get to that next point where you know both of our moods match up and our time together matches (laughs) up (laughs) so one last final question So I feel like in at least the past few years since I was able to put the name sex trafficking to what I've been through, that I've been on kind of this journey where I've been growing as a survivor, where I've been overcoming the different obstacles, learning how to cope with certain things. Do you feel like you've been on that same journey with me? Like, do you feel like we've been working through it together as a couple rather than you just kind of watching from the sidelines? Um, I kind of feel like in this journey, if you're on the train and actually in the train in a seat sitting down, I'm, I'm like that stowaway that's on top of the train just kind of hanging on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that crazy, am I? Uh, I didn't say that you were, but, you know, it's not always, you know, it, it's not always an easy journey. I do have one more question, though. Do you think that our marriage and our relationship would be easier if I didn't have the past that I had? Yeah. Uh, what kind of wow. Qu- what kind of question <laughs> Your is eyes that? Like I'm not saying that up. I regret anything, but what kind of question is that? Yeah, it would be easier. <laughs> It'd be a lot easier. But uh, I'm here. Judged. But I'm here anyways. I know, and, and I love you so much. So are you, so. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you very much for doing this. You're I know welcome. that you didn't want to, and I had to bribe you with pizza. Thank you, Cheryl, for the lovely Christmas present that allowed me to bribe my husband into doing this episode. I thought the pizza was for you. It was, but we'll just say that it was also to bribe you because you were wishy-washy until I mentioned the pizza. No. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, you were. I had witnesses. I was asking you, (laughs) waiting to get a gap in your conversations with other people to ask you when you wanted to sit down and do it. It's not my fault. Twitter went crazy. Um, but thank you for coming on and I hope that it didn't go crazy. Twitter is crazy. <laughs> that's it's that's its constant state of being. That's why that place is evil. <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. But I do want to thank you for coming on. I think that it adds a lot to awareness the more that we talk about all aspects of life. I always say sex trafficking awareness doesn't end at the last sale saving a victim doesn't end at the last sale so i think it's very important i'm very honored that my husband would come on to my podcast even though he doesn't listen to it often um so that way you can kind of 
hear it from somebody else how it affects their life who wasn't sex trafficked but is directly affected by it. So thanks again, husband, Mm -hmm. and I love you so much. Mm -hmm. And whether you think you fail or not, you really are one of the best supporters that I have in my life. And I value everything that you do for me. And I love you so much. I love you too. And as always to my listeners, I want to thank you for the continued love and support. And I really hope that People can take from this because like we talked about in the beginning, me and my husband had conversations about it and we didn't exactly know what it was. So this is why awareness is so important. So thanks for tuning in and I'll talk with you soon.